Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 9 and 10, where we discuss how rail service performance is impacting the movement and export of Western Canadian grain. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada. I'm joined by Milt Proyer of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. How are you today, Milt? Pretty good, Greg. How are you? Pretty good. So we didn't make a podcast last week, so we're going to cover weeks 9 and 10 in this podcast. So you have extra work to do to recap the two weeks. But what did we see in weeks 9 and 10, Milt? In short, uh, CN is uh, holding pretty steady in their performance, particularly over the last four weeks. Um, if you recall, they had started the week or started the year quite strongly. They were up in the 90s, high 90s, up until about a week five or so. And then they dipped down into the 80s in uh, week seven, I think. Uh, and they've kind of stayed there. Week nine and week 10 uh, look a lot like week seven and week eight. So uh, 88% in week nine, 86% in week 10. No big swings anywhere, really. Uh, just kind of steady as she goes. So good on that front. Uh, CP, uh, after a number of very poor weeks, has shown some improvement in weeks nine and 10. They were down in the 60s, if you recall, in weeks uh, seven and eight. They pushed that up to 74% in week nine, pushed that up to 85% in week 10. So they're definitely trending uh, in the right direction. You know, the thought of them perhaps going the other way was a little scary from what we were seeing back then, but they have shown some life and, and that's a good sign. On the demand front, you know, CN's demand surprisingly is still holding around 5,000 cars a week which is lower, I think, than certainly I would have expected uh, by the middle of October. History is a, is a guide. We would expect to see that uh, go up as we move uh, into November. A uh, slight sign of that, if you will, in weeks 11 and 12 coming up, volume looks like it's going to jump up about 5 or 6%, but still not a lot or, and not get to where we would think it should get. But, uh, you know, get to about 5,300, 5,400 cars a week. So we'll see how they do with that bump in volume. And CP demand actually has come the other way the last couple of weeks. They were pretty consistent at 6,000 plus cars for a few weeks. And now they've dropped down a little bit. They were, I think, 5,300 or so in week nine and, and 5,900 in week 10. Uh, although based on the numbers that we can see, it doesn't look like that's going to last. And we'll talk a little bit about that at the back end of the podcast. One thing that is concerning, I think, is that uh, we're still seeing some inconsistencies in performance across shippers on a week-to-week basis. For the most part, we're not seeing huge variability from shipper to shipper. There is some more on CP's side than on CN's. And for CP in particular, what's interesting is it seems to be rotating across shippers. You know, we had a few weeks where a few shippers were seeing very poor performance. And then over the last couple of weeks, those shippers have seen performance improve and other shippers have seen performance go down. You know, so to use a a crude term, if you will, it's like a game of whack-a-mole that's going on. Uh, This week you get good performance. Next week it's somebody else's turn which is not great. I mean, and, and one of the things we know is that the top line doesn't tell us everything. So even though CPs at 85% this week, you know, they've got uh, some customers that are below 50%. So top line number doesn't tell the story for everybody and people, you know, need to remember that. 
As far as what's important and what's driving numbers for CM, Vancouver and Prince Rupert are key, uh, which is always the case. Vancouver demand has been very strong since the beginning of the year, and it continues to be strong for CM. Prince Rupert started out extremely slow this year, uh, basically with no orders through the first three or four weeks, I think, or maybe even five weeks. And now they've ramped up uh, significantly in the last four And they're seeing weekly demand now over the last four weeks, uh, what we would call normal for the port, which is about 1,300 to 1,500 orders a week. And that's been going on pretty much uh, since week seven. So they're back up to normal. So far, service hasn't been too bad. Uh, I think CN's serving that at about, you know, uh, 83 to 85% a week, a few ups and downs, but overall not too bad. For CP, Vancouver, first and foremost, Thunder Bay not far behind, always the two most important corridors for CP. If you look at the numbers year to date, those two corridors have accounted for 90% of, of CP orders. And they are struggling a little bit in those corridors. I mean, they were really struggling, you know, in weeks uh, six, seven, and eight, but have picked it up a little bit in weeks nine and 10. So they're better, but they still are quite a ways from where they need to be when you consider the volume of traffic that's trying to move in those two corridors. So all in all, not bad. We'll see. Winter's approaching, so we'll see what's coming at us here in the next few weeks. Yeah, it's uh, agreed. Not too bad. Nice to see that recovery from CP, and and this is in and around the where we'd like to see these numbers remain at least at their at their minimum. Definitely would like to see them go higher. Provincially. What, uh, anything catch your eye as far as how this performance shook down by, by province? Well, CP, uh, over the last couple of weeks, as you would expect, given the improvement we've seen in their top line numbers, we've seen steadily improving performance in uh, all three provinces. If we look at week 10, uh, it was, you know, as consistent probably as we've seen for the better part of a month now. Alberta at 85, Manitoba at 87, Saskatchewan at 84, and all of those, although in varying degrees, improvements from week nine. So the trend there for CP is good, as it is at a system level. The trick, of course, is can they keep it up and can they stay consistent across provinces? So we'll see uh, going forward. CN a little bit different. They have, as we talked about a few minutes ago, been pretty steady at a system level. But we're seeing a little more volatility across the provinces for CN on a week-to-week basis. Alberta has kind of been going downhill for the last four weeks, reaching 76% in week 10, which was down from 88% the week before and was down from the 90s the two weeks before that. So not too sure what's going on there other than, you know, Alberta shippers for CN are, are almost 100% focused on the Vancouver and the Prince Rupert corridors. And while CN has been doing, you know, an okay job for the most part in those two corridors, that's likely related to to a bit of the struggles there. Uh, And the demand for CN, like CP and Vancouver corridor is really strong, and we expect it to stay that way. Uh, Manitoba, you know, has been steady and saw a nice bump in week 10. But Saskatchewan is the province that's seeing, you know, uh, for the last couple of weeks anyway, the the steadiest performance out of CN and the best performance out of CN out of all the provinces, you know, 92% order fulfillment in back-to-back weeks, uh, which is pretty good and better than what we've seen in Alberta and Manitoba. So 
you know, Saskatchewan is happier than the other two, but uh, overall, I think a little bit uh, more volatility than shippers we're going to see. Yeah, thanks, Milt. Uh, so yeah, generally, this looks pretty good. Definitely, um, your point on the the variation from shipper to shipper is concerning. And that's why definitely when we talk about the top line numbers, you know, getting over 90%, seeing really high order fulfillment means that you're going to see a lot less that volatility from shipper to shipper. So good news, obviously, that we're at the the sort of the minimum threshold with both railways at 85%. But uh, looking forward, I think the question is, are we going to stay there or can go higher? And so generally, we look at demand and uh, order rationing at this at this point to get a sense of how performance is going to shake out over the next few weeks. Milt, what are you seeing if we look forward? What are you expecting around around demand? Well, for CN, as I remarked a couple of minutes ago, you know, demand is holding really steady. Last four weeks, pretty much right around the five thousand car order mark give or take 100 cars either side of that, which is remarkably consistent. It looks like, you know, week 11 and 12, maybe that's going to bump up a little bit. The numbers right now are showing us about 5,300 or 5,400 cars a week. So maybe, you know, six to 7% higher. But, you know, if we look at the past years, history would tell us, and particularly if we look at 2020, 2021, which was the record year a couple of years ago, you know, the demand for CN was quite a bit higher. So to me, it seems low and probably below the peak that we're going to see. It could just be a function of, you know, uh, where demand is coming into the system at what time. But I think generally speaking, I would expect to see that demand number for CN work its way closer to 6,000 cars a week than 5,000 as we head towards November. So that's one thing to keep an eye on. And particularly from the perspective of, you know, they're doing okay in the mid 80s at 5,000 cars a week. If you add 20% or so of demand on top of that, the question is, what's that going to do to performance? So something to look for. Uh, CP on the demand side, uh, still and consistently higher than CN, has tempered a little bit the last couple of weeks, but still is hanging in around 5,500 to 6,000 orders a week. So, you know, 10 to 20%, if you will, higher than CN still. Looking forward, you know, the demand picture for CP is always tough because of the way they run their DT program. So if we look at week 11 right now, the numbers look a little bit ridiculous. CP has about 8,200 orders on the books. And that really is a reflection, not just of new demand, but the fact that shippers uh, have been rolling dedicated train orders forward. Uh, into future weeks. And right now, a bunch of them sit in week 11. Now, when we get to week 11, is that number going to be 8,200? No, it's it's very likely not going to be. We've seen this pattern before, but 8,200 is a high number to start at. So even if shippers were going to say, well, we're going to roll or cancel 1,500 orders in week 11, that's still going to leave CP looking at 6,500 which would be the second biggest number they've seen this year. And the last time they saw a number like that, performance wasn't great. Uh, so a little bit of concern there. But, you know, like CN, uh, we don't think that CP has seen the peak. CP may not go up by as much as CN uh, may go up in the coming weeks. Uh, but I think CPs will stay steady. And, and I really think that demand, when it's all said and done, is going to look a lot like it did in, in 2021. 
So that says there's some, some big, big demand weeks ahead, particularly between now and January. Thanks, Milt. And from an order rationing standpoint, we've had some rationing happening in, in the past, well, past few weeks. What What's your sense of that moving forward? What kind of impact will that have? Will that continue? Well, the pace of order rationing is picking up and it's picking up for both railways, which is one of the interesting things that we're seeing this year. You know, order rationing or canceling, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use has been a pattern with CN for years now. And we're seeing it again this year. There wasn't much of it last year, but, you know, that was as much as anything driven by the lower demand as a result of the drought. But it's, uh, they've now rationed orders for three straight weeks. I think they've rationed over a thousand orders in total over those three weeks. You know, the insight that we have looking forward, it looks like that's going to continue into week 11. And it's kind of settling into a pattern, you know, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. CP though is, is uh, the interesting one. CP has not historically rationed or canceled orders on shippers, very few and very infrequently. Although this year that has changed. They, I think, have rationed more orders than CN already through the first 10 weeks of this year. I think they're just under 1,200. In part, as we understand it in discussions with shippers, it's it's related to how CP has made changes to their DT program. We're not going to talk at any great length about that, just to make sure we don't you know infringe on confidentialities. But from what we understand, that change is resulting in order cancellations to some extent. But at the end of the day, the result is the same. Shipper demand is being dismissed by the railways. In some cases, it's being forced into future weeks. And the end result of that is that shippers are not getting the cars to fill the orders in the weeks that they want. And they're therefore going to be impacted further down the supply chain and where that's going to show up, particularly in the Vancouver, the Prince Rupert and the Thunder Bay corridors, uh, Vancouver front and center on that one, is in what happens at the port. So when the railways are rationing orders or they're pushing orders out to future weeks, shippers are not getting the cars at the stations that they want when they want them. And lest anybody think otherwise, there actually is a strategy behind ordering cars at certain stations in certain weeks. That's because they're targeting specific vessels that are coming for specific grains uh, at certain times. So when the orders are not being served in the sequence and in the time frame that they need to be, what you end up with is grain arriving at the export terminals out of sequence, which then has a ripple effect into vessel scheduling, which then results in vessels either sitting at anchorage for too long or having to berth multiple times as grain arrives. You know, we don't at this time measure the supply chain from front to back, but if we did, uh, you would be able to see that uh, pretty clearly because uh, the one thing we do know is that grain shipped out of the country has a specific destination within a specific time frame. But in order to be able to see that, you know, and quantify it, we, we, we would need to expand our measurement base. Yeah, it's a really good point, Milton. It's also it's a, it's a good reminder that the ATC was was developed in part to capture that full demand picture and the importance of of that demand week in and week out being met because it has ramifications along the whole supply chain. 
and it and it remains such a priority for the sector. And I think as we've seen, we've seen so much interest in supply chains over the past couple of years. It really does start with order fulfillment, timeliness of that of fulfilling that demand. And your point on rationing is a good one in that the railways when they when they ration that demand, it's something we capture because that demand was needed that week. And so railways sort of canceling it and deciding not to fulfill it is leaving that demand by each each shipper. They struggle with that in their supply chains because that that demand, it wasn't met. So we'll definitely be watching this, uh, the rationing and, and its impact on, uh, on, on future weeks. And we'll see everyone back here for Green Week 11. If you'd like to see the reports, you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye.